scripture reading is from Exodus uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because they're slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Prizites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Some of you probably wonder, how in the world does she sing and then go into preaching? Well, as Jody said, there's just something about this team, our teams that we have here at chapel. Sweet-spirited, beautiful, godly people. And it is a privilege to sing with them, to worship with them. So how could I miss out? It's such, it just feeds my, my soul, my heart, everything about it. So on that note... I remember the first time that I was asked to do a solo. <clears throat> I wasn't just, it wasn't just a little part in a song, you know, like Jamie did today where she sang part of a song. It was me under a spotlight on a very high platform that I had been asked to sing for. I was terrified. My stomach, actually it's doing a lot better these days when I think about it. My stomach would turn just thinking about doing this. This was something out of my comfort zone. This was for an event our church called an evening in December. Um, and it was a big deal. People paid to come. It was a big deal. Uh, right? <laughs> we sang Thursday, Friday, Saturday, twice on Sunday when we were doing it out of our church. Two weekends in a row. And when my music director asked me to do this, I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, not me. You heard Moses say that. Who am I that you've asked me to do this? There are way better singers than me. Much more talent elsewhere. 
But I remember our very driven music director at the time simply saying, I know you can do this. And I think he knew what my excuses would be because he had already literally set up sessions with this talented singer to work through the song with me. He was prepared for my excuses. Ugh. It was about five, maybe 10 steps out of my comfort zone. And that many steps because of his planning away from any excuses I could conjure up and one step closer to being used for God's glory. Moses had excuses, many of them in fact. We began our scripture reading this morning about 40 years after Moses had killed an Egyptian that was beating one of his own people, an Israelite. Moses fled to Midian to hide from Pharaoh who was trying to kill him. There he was given a wife, Zipporah, from his father-in-law Jethro, or Jethro that we read about, and had two sons with her. So now Moses is now 80 years old, a shepherd over his father-in-law's flocks as he stands before God at that burning bush. Exodus 3, 1 through 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. God knew how to get Moses' attention. It had to be big, right? He was trying to get the attention of a shepherd who was tending to the flocks, not his flocks, but the flocks of his father-in-law. This was serious business. Get distracted, lose a sheep or two. Five, ten. Exodus 3, 4 through 6. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. God proceeds to tell him to remove his sandals from the place he is standing, for it is holy ground. And then God introduces himself. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses immediately hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. You know, in my reading and in studying the last couple weeks for today, I always pause there to process that last verse. Moses knew about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses had opportunities in his upbringing that would have allowed him the knowledge of the history and the people of the Israelites and the Egyptians. But I wonder if his shortcomings, his sin, flashed through his mind at that moment God introduced himself to him. His unworthiness. I know Moses was not immune, right, to the deception of the evil one, those doubts, the fears, and that unworthiness that suddenly creeps into our very being and distorts our thinking. So again, face covered, verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. 
So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So now go. I'm pretty sure Moses hung out there. I would. Go? Can you picture him? Still hiding his face, processing that the God of my father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has just told me to go and rescue the Israelites from the hands of the Pharaoh. Of Pharaoh. Does your stomach turn a little bit when you process that? Do you tremble just a little bit for him? The hugeness of what God has asked him to do is beyond measure. It brings me back to that solo. I know for some of you, singing a solo may not have been a big deal at my age. <laughs> this came out of the blue for me when I was asked, just like I'm sure it was for Moses. I was not expecting it at all, and I feel strongly that Moses was not expecting this request of him that day as he was hanging out with the flock, wandering over to Horeb. Moses responds in verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Excuse number one, who am I that I should go? I love God's response though. It's the one we all want to hear and understand fully and know in our hearts. And God said, I will be with you. But he didn't stop there. I had Jody stop there, but he, God didn't stop there. <laughs> he continued to say, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you, and we talked about this last week, this you right here is not just directed at Moses himself, but this is the all you all. All, all y'all. All y'all. Yes, thank you. <laughs> this meant you, Moses, and all, all y'all Israelites. <laughs> Can't say it right. I need Jody for that part. <laughs> you will worship God on this mountain. Did you see the words or hear the words when and will? If you are able to bring the people out of Egypt, maybe you will worship me on this mountain? Hmm. It's amazing who God chooses to do his work. The work is not always easy. It can be hard and overwhelming, like learning to sing a major solo for a huge event. But this is just the beginning. God sees our potential when we are so blind to it. He knew Moses' potential. He knew he could confidently say, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Verse 12. I just said that one. <laughs> um, you would think for, for Moses, those promises of when and will would have been enough. 
just to know that God would be with him as well. But nope. Excuse number two. We find excuse number two in verse 13 through 18. Moses said to God, suppose I go to Israelite and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? I feel like Moses has totally missed the mark here. His request from God is not about him. This is about God. God's request is not about Moses. It is about him and his promises for the Israelites. It's about fulfilling God's promises to them, and God knew Moses' potential. God answers Moses in verse 14, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I'm pretty sure God knew Moses was going to question again. So before Moses could say something else, God continued to say, say to the Israelites, this is what you're going to say. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. I can just picture Moses taking a breath again right here. (gasps) Opening his mouth to question more when God speaks again. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Excuse number three comes at the beginning of chapter four. What if they don't believe me or listen to me? And say, the Lord did not appear to you. Ooh, our God is a patient God. Amen. Ooh, after this excuse, God shows Moses how to use his staff, his staff that he carries as a shepherd. God asks him to throw it to the ground. It became a snake that has Moses running. And God tells him to pick it up by the tail, so Moses does, and it turns back into a staff. Then verse 5, God tells Moses, This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, has appeared to you. God, God must have known that this still was not enough for Moses, how well he knows us. Because he continues to show him another sign he can reveal to the Israelites, and that comes in chapter 4, 6 through 7. He said, put your hand inside your cloak, So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. When he took it out, the flesh was as white as snow and leprous. Now, God said, put it back inside your cloak. And he said, I'm sorry, God is totally, sorry. (laughs) Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored, just like the rest of his flesh. God is totally equipping Moses, verse after verse. Can you see it? I can. But Moses still does not get it. God reveals yet another sign for Moses to show the Israelites, should they still not believe him. Take some water from the Nile, he tells them in verse 9, and pour it 
on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Excuse number four shows up in verse 10, chapter four. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I'm going to stop quick here quickly and reference Acts 7.22. Hmm. We know that Moses was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Surely he was being groomed and raised to be a prince, educated at the highest level. He had more than anyone else would have had at that point. It just doesn't add up. However, we know how easily we can minimize our own abilities and talents. We so limit ourselves. And maybe Moses was being humble, or he truly was a flawed vessel. And maybe it is both. God doesn't call the perfect and flawless. That does not exist anywhere I've seen, at least in me. He calls the humble in spirit to come and do his flawless work through our cracked and flawed vessels. It's God's potential for us at that point. You know what God told Moses in 4.11? I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Who gave human beings their mouths? And then he continues in verse 12. Now go. There's that word again, go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. You know, I'm, not, I'm a lot like excuse number four. I've used it. <laughs> Maybe not word for word, but similar enough, I have had amazing opportunities in music. I've been offered different opportunities to sing here and sing there, and there's God at work. When we moved up here, um, I, before we moved up here, I had been singing, gosh, since I was little, and then worked up to worship band and worship team and got to sing with my dad and my sister. And um, we had just so much fun worshiping together. It was beautiful. I was out the door at 6.30, 630 I think it's early, 6 a.m., 6 a.m., and uh, the angel and I would go together, my sister, and we would head to church. We'd do the rehearsal. We'd do the rehearsal for that 8 o'clock service. And we'd do the rehearsal for that 11 o'clock service. Because there was a service in between that was more traditional. So we would hang out and do our fun stuff. And my sweet husband was at home getting those kids ready. And he did it for years. He supported me in what we saw God as God potential and God moving So when I came here, it was actually kind of a a blessing for a little while to sit in the congregation and just be fed and um, enjoy the time driving to church (laughs) with my family, which was lovely. But then a year went by, and, and I was pursued. I'm not going to deny it. I was pretty excited. I'd been a part of worship in the church then for a year and a little longer as we came up on the weekends. But it was something new for me. Different leadership, different styles of music. We know from church to church, we all have different styles of music. But these were opportunities that pursued me via God. 
from early on to current day. And then just a few years ago, I was asked to step out of my comfort zone, seriously out of my comfort zone this time, big time. It was an opportunity that I had never dreamed of or even thought of, to be honest with you. It was an opportunity to be part of a leadership role in chapel as an assistant worship leader. Whew, I was a major. Took a lot of prayer, conversations, and my sister, I remember her saying, what if this opportunity is what God has been preparing you for all these years? Wow. All these years. What do you say to that? Well, excuse number four comes to mind, and that is, why me? <laughs> Somebody else can do this. Somebody else who is skilled in this area? Again, but how do you not know that this is what God has been preparing you for all these years? So after prayer, as well as many other people praying, I accepted that shared position. Shared position. Important word. Because it didn't last long. I want to say about six weeks into it, I was now the lead worship arts director, and how humbling that was for me. Because the devil does crazy things when we start questioning, right? Who am I? I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy. This is not for me. This is hard. I don't do hard. All those crazy things that the devil distorts in our brain that God has so beautifully been orchestrating and setting up through all these years. His potential is so much more than we can ever imagine. Plus, he has totally given me what to say, just like he promised Moses. He has equipped me, just like we see in Exodus with Moses. He has surrounded me with incredible people, Support, words of affirmation. So we're not quite finished with Moses. He has one last offer for God that we find in verse 13. Excuse number five. Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. His last ditch effort. Please send someone else. He's desperate. Please, anyone else but me. God has been pretty patient, wouldn't you say, up until now with Moses? Chapter 4, verse 14, Then the Lord's righteous anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is actually already on his way to meet you. And he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. Oh, but don't forget that staff. You can just see, oh, but don't forget that staff, right? But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. No more excuses for Moses. Conversation done and over. 
I think Moses knew he had reached his limit with God. The Moses we read about in Exodus 3 and 4 is not the Moses we see throughout the Israelites' freedom from Egypt and the next 40 years of his life. He was a faithful servant to God. He showed incredible obedience, courage, steadfastness, strength of character, and endurance. He was living in God's potential for him. I was having a conversation just a couple weeks ago with a family member. He was reminding me where I had been and where I have come. Meaning, look what God has done in your life. And when I did reflect and look back on my 52 years, I'm astonished. Truly in awe of what God has done. This being one, my standing here before you today was never a part of my plan. If someone had told me I'd be preaching on Sundays, I would have thought they were crazy. Because I'm the one that would have said, I don't speak eloquently. In fact, when Pastor John and I were talking about it, I couldn't even say the word this week. You know that word, right? It was funny. I was like, wow, there. I don't speak eloquently. It was the devil trying to tell me, this is not your thing. But I know enough about Scripture to share. Oh, and I don't know enough about Scripture to share on a Sunday morning. Who am I to stand before you? Who am I to preach his amazing word? God's potential is so much more than what my limited humanness allows me to see. And guess what? I stand before you today because God has called me to be here this moment. He has equipped me provided support, allowed his word to come to me and to be spoken out of me to you. Isn't that cool? It's amazing. Truly boggles my brain. God has renewed in me a passion for his word. I just can't get enough of it. I really can't. I want to know the history, the culture, the rituals we find in his word. And if I don't understand, I get excited about figuring it out. Like, what does that mean? Fred and I, just about a month ago, wow, I looked for him. He's not there. Anyway, Brett and I, just about a month ago now, started reading the, there he is. Coming through the door back there. He's listening in the back. Fred and I, just about a month ago, um, started reading the Bible together out loud. It has been amazing. Amazing. We read typically before we go to sleep, which some nights we have read a couple chapters, other nights 12 to 13 chapters, and then there have been those nights where we barely get through one because it's just been a day. But no matter how much we get through, I just want more In fact, he's fallen asleep, and I just keep reading. In fact, I have a couple different markers in my Bible, because we're literally in Exodus, and that's why you're hearing from about Moses today. Uh, We're in Exodus, and I have my marker where I've read to, but okay, honey, let's go back, because we want to read it out loud together. 
God has been equipping me. He's providing support for me, just as he did for Moses. God simply takes us from where we are, not perfect, not flawless, but he takes us as broken vessels, scarred and imperfect, and moves us to where he wants us to be. We just need to be willing to leave all of these excuses behind. No more excuses. Get excited to see, be curious, and be in great expectation of what God has in store for you. And when God presents it to you, because he will, embrace it. Welcome it. Get to know it. Get to know him and his plan. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. Thank you.